Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur looking to take your business skills to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Enterprise Now Show. Prepare to be inspired, motivated, and transformed. And now, your host, LZ Flinnard. Can I get a oh yeah? What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another bonus episode of the Enterprise Now podcast. I'm super excited because I have two awesome entrepreneur business owners here to share their wisdom, knowledge, and experience with us, Titus and Alicia Hayes of Pat's Ribs. I know you're going to get a ton out of this conversation because I got a ton of value out of it. So I'm not going to ramble on. I'm just going to get right into the conversation, this audio masterclass. Let's dig in. So the first thing that I want to know is what's your background? Where'd you grow up? Where'd you come from? What's your story? Okay. Well, you want to go first? No, go ahead. Thanks. So I grew up in Milwaukee, partially. I left at, I was 15 when I left. I used to live over there in the Sherman Park area. It was 41st and Hadley, actually, off of Locust I attended high school in Milwaukee, of course. I went to the High School of the Arts, Virginia High School. I was at Wilbur Wright Middle School, I believe is still there. And um, 65th Street School was my elementary. Yeah, and I don't think that's there anymore. I think that's gone. But yeah, so lived on 41st until I was around 15. I went to the High School of the Arts. That's where I met my husband. At the time, of course, he wasn't my husband. He was just a friend, and I did a lot of performing there. Just had a really great high school experience all together. I came from a single mother household up until I was, I think my stepdad came in. I was like 11 or 12. And, you know, I grew up around a lot of women in particular. I don't think that's out the norm in some families. The strongest influences in my life was always my mom and my grandmother and my aunt as well. They're pretty much why I feel like I'm the kind of person that I am now. I kind of got a little bit of, you know, I got something from each of them that I feel like that holds dear to me in my life and how I conduct myself and do things. Like I contribute that to learning from those three more so. But I mean, I've had a lot of great influences in my life besides them. Let's see. I um, I went to Carroll University after high school. At the time, it was Carroll College. And I didn't go straight into college at first. You know, I was one of those kids who thought that having a UPS job was going to do it for me. I was making big money. But I'll say after a year or so, I kind of felt like as well as the fact that I'm in a family that really believes in education. And it was 
talked about a lot. You know, lots of hints and clues like, yeah, you know, some people are supposed to be in school right now. So it didn't take me long to wake up. So I did. I went to Carroll and I was there for three years. And then I be uh, like at the end of my junior year, I ran into Ty again. That time he was a Marine and he had just came back home, I think was home for like a year. And so we kind of ran into each other. And he didn't leave me since. I don't know why this man keep <laughs> coming near me all the time. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, so we hooked up and we always remained friends. Like during the times that we were separated, we shared a lot of the same friends too. Because we're all just really artistic and music oriented and stuff. So yeah, so I, you know, I just kind of ran into my friend again and then we ended up getting married. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been together ever since 20 years, going strong. So when it comes to the restaurant, though, I mean, we've always been entrepreneurs because prior to the restaurant, we had a recording studio as well. It was Studio 51 Recordings. We had, well, let me just say it began in all of the homes that we had from the basement to the sound booth being in the closet to like, (laughs) you already know, like the setup being anywhere and everywhere from a passionate engineer So, but we, you know, chose to open up a recording studio when recording wasn't as accessible, you know, yet. So, and we had that in downtown Waukesha for like five years. And it was his idea to open it up, but I had a strong interest in video and doing videography work and setting that up. So then I just kind of joined him. Then we became an audio visual service and I did like a ton of weddings and I did some music videos, you know, you don't find a whole lot of female videographers doing that kind of stuff, but I really enjoyed it a great deal. And I still do it on the side from time to time when I have time, which I really don't, but it does play a part in some of the things that we do now too. So he's very well with music and everything that we do when it comes to current business, which is passive replace, you know, we tend to incorporate those talents into this business as well. All the video stuff and pictures and all that stuff on the website was all done through me and music is always done through him. So, you know, it makes it cheap for us. We ain't got to pay nobody. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so um, that's kind of a little bit about my background and I won't go into the whole depth of the restaurant quite yet until he has a chance to introduce himself. Okay. Okay. So I started, started off in Milwaukee. I was born in Milwaukee, but I was actually raised a lot of my life in, um, a small town called Atoka, right outside of Memphis, Tennessee. So I stayed there with my great-grandparents until I was able to go to school. Attended Garden Homes grade school, came up here, I think I was in the fourth grade, third or fourth grade by the time I got to uh, Milwaukee. I went there, then I went to uh, John Muir Middle School. I actually went to Muir and Burroughs. I played basketball for both programs. I thought one was better than the other. They were both the same, pretty much. Then I went to uh, the high school of the arts. And through the course of my life, I've always had a strong male presence in my life. I guess that's not typical, but in some families, I guess it is. I mean, being raised by your great-grandfather, being raised by wisdom in one breath, and then coming here, and my mom was a single mother, but my father was always active in my life. 
even though that they weren't together. And when my father decided to marry, he moved to Illinois, which left me here in high school. And um, he put me in the well-capable hands of my grandfather and my grandmother. And at the time, they owned a barbershop, Moore's Barbershop, that was on Atkinson. And his brother owned Booby's Place, which was a nightclub that was on 4th and Garfield, it's called the 502 Club now, so they kind of took a little bit from the old and a little bit from the new, from when my great-grandfather on my father's side, his brother name was Ozell, and he actually named it Ozell's 502, and once he passed it, once he passed away, he passed that down to my Uncle Booby, which renamed it Booby's Place. So I've always had a lot of strong entrepreneurial males in my life kind of showing me the way and the ropes and being able to work around those guys kind of influenced me just to be a hard worker, not so much as an entrepreneurial, but entrepreneur, but just a hard worker and whatever you do. Like the first job I had was shining shoes. I was 11 or 12 years old. And I remember going to my grandfather and asking for some money to go to the, to the store to get some penny candy. And he said, well, you can shine that guy's shoes over there and you can make your own money and you don't have to ask for it anymore. And so that kind of struck a little chord with me. So I've been pretty much a hard worker and taking on those kind of challenges all my life. So once I left high school, I tried college out for a year at ITT Tech. I went to that campus for about a year. And right as I was about to enroll for the second year, me and one of my good friends, Nick Reed, he owns a barbershop also in Milwaukee, Nick Silver Lining. But we sat down and we had a real long conversation on what we wanted to do in life and what we wanted to accomplish. And we both kind of like looked at each other and said, we're going to be bigger than what we're doing right now. So let's kind of start planning for it. And so we were starting to plan our future pretty early and we decided to uh, go to the military. I decided to go to the Marine Corps. He decided to go to the Navy and we we're going to go on a buddy plan, which allowed us to uh, still see each other and still be stationed in some of the same places because the Navy and the Marine Corps are the same thing. They're basically two different branches of the same thing. So I went to the Marine Corps and he flaked out on me. He did not go. He <laughs> changed his mind. I think his mom and his sisters helped to change his mind. And he ended up staying back and I ended up still going, lived in San Diego, California for three and a half years. And um, while I was stationed out in 29 Palms, California. And once I got out of the Marine Corps, I got out a little early, came back here, finished in some reserve duty. There was a little reserve station right in front of Marshall High School on Capitol Drive back in the day. So I finished off my service duties there and was just here in the city working jobs and ran into Alicia from high school. And she was always Alicia from high school, Alicia Lee. <laughs> and we kind of rekindled something that we had going a while ago. And we've been married ever since. And uh, we moved out to Waukesha. I was very reluctant to move out here just because it's not so much that it was a completely Caucasian area. It was more so it was just unknown. And I lived around a lot of diversity and mixed people and mixed relationships while I lived in California. So I was familiar with that. But as we know from the headlines, Milwaukee is in California when it comes to race relations. So I was a little bit apprehensive about moving out here, knowing Milwaukee or Wisconsin's history with that. But it was one of the best decisions that I made. The schools 
were outstanding. And the neighborhoods reminded me a lot of what I got to when I first got to Milwaukee and being on the block when whites and blacks and still lived in the same neighborhoods uh, before the mass leaving of all the white people that moving out west. And I just remember how great those times were having friends of all colors and we played on the same block. And, you know, you didn't see as much color as you do when you're an adult, uh, when you're a child. So I remember all those good times that I had back then. And that's what Waukesha kind of reminded me of when we got out here. I said, wow, you know, people get along, people speak to their neighbors, your neighbor can actually say something to your kid without you getting super offended by it. You know, you take everything with a grain of salt, but I mean, it brought back a lot of those old feelings. And so um, that's what I hope and wish that we can get back to in Milwaukee. But outside of that, we're here. We started, like my wife said, we started one of our first businesses was a vending machine business. That was actually our first venture before we opened up the uh, studio. And once the studio ran its course, then we decided to uh, open the restaurant. And who knows where we're going to go from here. Very, very cool. So one of the things that I always like to try to uncover is what I heard in your answers was a lot of similarities to, and I speak to business entrepreneurs every week, some just starting, some have been in business for years, and it's always fascinating to see the connection and, again, the similarities between your type or our type. So one of the things that I wanted to to backtrack to is both of you guys went to the high school of the arts. So I know just from kind of knowing you through Tim, your background is rap and uh, that type of thing. So what about you? Me? Are you a singer? Are oh, you what yeah, what kind of Yeah, yeah, I've done a kind few of, few albums or She's two. playing it modest. She's really good. <laughs> She's really good. I've dropped a couple of tracks or two throughout okay, my life. Okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I still sing. The only time where I sing for sure is when I sing cuz Carol doing their homecoming every they have on uh the Sunday, they have a memorial service for alum that have, you know, died recently in the past, whatever. So they ask me to sing the Lord's Prayer every single year. They have asked me. I don't know if they'll ask me this year, but that's the only time where I'm guaranteed to sing because I always do it. I mean, that's a very important thing to me and I appreciate it, but I don't have a whole lot of time. I did sing a carol. I was in, I sung opera at carol. I was in plays and at the High School of the Arts, I sung there as well, but I also was a dance major as well. So um, I was on my tippy toes. <laughs> I have to connect you with my little yeah. one. Uh, well, she's not so little anymore. She's 11. And well, she's I can't at, do a plie like well, I used to. As we running. speak, she's doing a photo shoot for her dance team. So. Oh, that's wow. nice. Yeah. That's and she's nice. we're all kinds of competitions and shows. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. I'm glad to see kids doing that again. Cause that was the thing to do to have a dance team. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's great. Yep. It's, it keeps her busy and um, she's so far, she's passionate yeah. about it. And she's, um, if she's you didn't busy, have so. a rap group or a singing group, you had a dance team. Mm-hmm. And if you perform, you had dancers most of the time, like some, yeah. We didn't have any dancers. Well, I I had some dancers. Anyway. So talk a little bit about the entrepreneurial background. How did you make that shift from going, the influences saying, hey, you need to go to, to, to school, get a good job, work there for a long time, retire. How did you take that mindset and say, well, no, actually, I want to do my own thing. What was that process like? 
Well, just like you said, it began with the vending machine. So at that time, it was all about trying to have something concrete, but having a little something on the side because we kept our jobs, you know, during the time that we had the little vending machine company. And we also kept our jobs when it came to the recording studio. So, I mean, and it was more of his passion. So he was the one in there most of the time doing the recordings and such. So it was always in us to do it. It's just that we never thought about going full-fledged, like not having something concrete. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's comfort when you know what your check is going to be when you get it. It's comfort to know that you have a job to go to, that you're going to have health insurance and all the other fun stuff that comes along with it, hopefully. But to go full-fledged to like at the beginning... We had intentions on somebody keeping a job. (laughs) And it was supposed to be him. It was supposed to be him. I'm saying in my mind, you know, we never ran a restaurant before in my life. I had never worked in a restaurant. Like the jobs I had was clothes. It was all, it was all about getting discounts at the clothing store. So I never had any experience in the restaurant field at all but he had some he had some experience back in the day he used to work for mcdonald's he used to hook us up i'm just saying and he used to work for kfc and run that so he had some background and stuff so i'm just thinking in my mind that we'll be able to structure this the way that i'm seeing it in my mind so that first day we opened he was going to keep his job and just come in part-time and such the first day we opened it was like a revelation i'm like you can't keep your job. <laughs> you cannot keep your job, which was scary. You know what I mean? Because, you you know, you're putting faith, you know, all your faith into this. You won't have an employer to go to because you're the employer. You know, who's going to take care of insurance? You will. Like, so, yeah, that was a big deal. It was a really big deal. This was the by far the most riskiest things that I feel like we've both ever done in our lives. But it was all on faith. Like, I did not know I was supposed to be a restaurant owner. I was just saying this to somebody in Chicago. I had no idea. It was not my plan. It wasn't. It was his. It wasn't my plan. Because I was cool. I was in my office. I had a job with a suit. I was making some nice money. Like, I was not complaining. And he just kept it on my heart. I'm like, why do I need to open this restaurant? But I've since found out why. It was because you don't always understand it at the beginning, but sometimes if you're listening and if you're paying attention, you will, you will get it and you will learn why it happened. So I want to talk about the why in a little bit, but what I want to talk about is is the concept of just having the awareness to say, hey, we should probably keep our jobs until at least we get to the point where we we're at ease. I had a guest on a little bit ago and we talked about ease. Ease is not necessarily easy. It's just this thing that you know, right? And you don't know, but you know. Mm -hmm. So how did you get to that point where you were self-aware enough to understand that, hey, this is, this is ease. We don't know. We're jumping out on faith and we're going to move forward. How did you, number one, recognize that? And how did you get the, the bravery, right? To just do it. Because there's a ton of people that right now, as we speak, are working jobs that they absolutely hate. They're going in the path where they know is not the right direction, but they just don't have that, number one, the self-awareness or the courage to really just to do it. So how did you guys get there? Oh, for me, building confidence came a little slow at first because you're not whatever business that you're in. You want to make sure that you're well received because it's really supply and demand. And the way I looked at it, I think the first time somebody said, 
hey, man, you guys got some really good barbecue here. Hey, this is probably like some of the best barbecue I've tasted. So, sorry to interrupt you, but if you guys don't know this already, enterprisers that's listening, especially the ones in the Waukesha, Milwaukee area, I come to Pat's Ribs all the time. I have this, <laughs> I have my, my chair, right? My chair that I sit in at home. And before I go to get Pat's Ribs, I set my chair up because I know that once I finish, I'm going to need to take a, a long extended nap. So I always, before I come, I always set my chair up to, uh, to take a nap. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the whole confidence building thing with me is when you hear those type of things, it's flattering and you, you definitely want to feed more into your ego, but it kind of concreted and cemented everything to me when you start hearing that more and more often that your product is exactly what people are looking for. Yeah, but we didn't hear it at the beginning. At the beginning, we were hoping that we were going to hear it. <laughs> well, I'm talking yeah. about as we went, as far as letting go the job. Because uh, at the beginning, yeah. we were still trying to hang on to what our jobs were. And that was me basically trying to hold on just to make sure we got some security in case something went wrong at the restaurant or we were slow or whatever the case was. You kind of still want to have that comfortability and you have all these bills that you have to repay and bills you have to keep up with. So I started gaining more and more confidence that we can do this as people start loving the product, telling us, giving us good feedback on what was good, what was not good, on portion sizes, because a lot of that stuff we adapted and we changed over time. When we first opened up, the portion sizes were huge and everyone would tell us, hey, you guys should either be given smaller portions or you should be paying or you should be charging more because this stuff is really good and you're just giving. And so it was kind of like a learning process. We kind of listened to our customers to help benefit and better us as putting out a better product that made sense. Well, I think it was the first day, though, too. It was the first day because he literally had to quit his job within that week because I told him the first couple of days, it is crazy. There is no way you're going to be able to keep your job. We're just going to have to go all in. But if that first day for me, if that first day or that first week didn't go well, then that probably would have worried me a whole lot. You know what I mean? Because it definitely would have worried me because you can say all day that there is a need for something. But if somebody isn't agreeing with you, what you're saying really doesn't mean much. So if no, if nobody came, then, yeah, we would have been really sad. But for me, it was the first week. It was the first week. And I'm just like, you know what? I just think that you need to just let go of your job. And we're just going to have to just put all feet in it. Because <laughs> there's no way I'm going to be able to be doing this by myself. Are you crazy? I ain't going to make all this food. Well, I mean, it's a little <laughs> different situation. I mean, from now until from yeah. from then till now. It's yeah, I was a totally, the first day. Yeah, it's a yeah, total What made total you say, you know what, situation. I'm just going to go ahead and quit my... But wouldn't you agree if nobody showed up like the first day or we had a bad week where it was a hopping week? I mean, that definitely... And it was could... excited people. It was excited. Oh, my gosh, we got a barbecue joint. Yeah, it was excitement. So was that deliberate? Because what I hear you guys saying is you basically, you listened to the market and you responded to what your customers were saying. How did you know that the market wanted a barbecue place? Or was that just kind of going into the why? Was that just you being in what I call your awesome zone, right? Where your purpose, your passion, and your path align and things just start to flow through you. Was it more of that? Or did you guys look at this market and say, well, they need a barbecue place? 
Yeah, because we eat a lot of barbecue. Well, he's the pit master at home all the time. And when it came to like certain things that we may have wanted, it either required us to make it or we would have to make a trip to Milwaukee to get it. Like who's making fried okra? Who's catfish and things of that nature? So yeah, it was a need. Like you first want to start with, is there a need for this? And I'm like, where's the nearest barbecue? Okay, we have Dave's. And it was sufficient at the time or whatever. I don't know if they did catfish and all that, but it was definitely a need. It was a need to have a Southern flair somewhere. And I feel like the restaurant is just so much more than a restaurant. I mean, we know families. Families know. I mean, we have relationships with people. And to know so many people, it's just a blessing. It's just a blessing. We know so many people by name. I have staff. How do you know all these people? I'm like, I don't know. I just know them. I just know their kids. I know their names. And I watch kids grow and it's just a beautiful thing. So, but that would be me trying to go into the why. So I'm going to wait for that. Let's take a quick break from this awesome conversation for a quick message from our sponsor. Seems everyone is podcasting these days. But if you want to do it right and stand out from the crowd, you need to contact Enterprise Now. eNow Podcast Solutions is second to none in providing best-in-class customer service and delivering top-quality podcast production. Podcast editing can be time-consuming and tedious. You're a podcaster. That's what you do best. Let us do the dirty work for you. Besides, it's what we do best. Then all you have to do is your awesome show. We can help with basic editing, mixing, promotion, delivery, tagging, and pro editing. Whatever you need, we can do it for you. Check us out and see all the ways we can make your podcast sound amazing and professional. Visit enterprise-now.biz slash production. Well, let's go there. So why? Why Pat's Ribs? Why? Why? I think it's why for various reasons. Well, I can speak. To me, her why was she really wanted it. I'm going to speak for you. She at the time, (laughs) at the time, she really, really wanted to do something to honor her mother and to honor her mother's spirit on the way that she entertained. And I think that my wife took up a lot of her entertaining and how open she is with people and how to communicate well. She's really good with communication. Her skills up front are really good. And (laughs) yeah, so she's really good with that type of thing as far as getting a message out and communicating with people. And that's exactly what her mom was. And I think she wanted to replicate and have a place where it had a homey environment and where almost like a cheers, where it's like, you know, people, they come in and this is their place and they can feel at home. And I think it started with that. And for me, it was one of my passions. I look at it like I'm an artist. And when I say I'm an artist, I mean, not just making tunes or making music or producing or rapping or anything like that. But I think overall, I mean, when I went to MHSA, I was art student and I studied the visual arts. I drew, I painted. And so I didn't even have this thing for music that I have now. It was just the flow of the art that I love so much. I really love theater, even though I don't have the chops to be an actor or a singer or anything on that field. But I look at the food the same way, the visual presentation of how I think that the food should look. And to me, it's almost like creating a masterpiece when you cook the food and prepare the food how I think 
personally that it's supposed to be prepared with love and you put your all into it and so that was to me another form of art that I was cooking so I mean there'd be many a nights where I would leave the restaurant we get out here at 9 30 10 o'clock at night I start my grill and I start barbecuing at midnight and I'll be done at like three o'clock in the morning get up seven in the morning do it all over again I mean and that's the kind of passion and commitment that you have to have sometime when you go home and you're checking recipes and second guessing yourself and what can I do better to make this barbecue what can I do I mean and literally a lot of the stuff that you were saying and what she was saying was lock key and step it was one of those things where everything met up at the right time right place right time for the right reason with the right people. And I truly, that's one of my affirmations that I try to say every morning before I leave the house. Let this be, you know, for the right reason, with the right people, right time, right place, because all of that stuff does line up. I mean, literally, when we were about to open the restaurant, we had about two weeks left. And my wife came to me and she said, did you work on any barbecue sauces? And I said, nope. And she said, well, we're going to open in two weeks. You ain't even got barbecue sauce. And I mean, literally that night I came up with all five sauces and those are or four sauces. And those are the four sauces that are staple right now. And they're all there's no open, you know, and I'm not hating on anybody who use open pit or sweet baby rays to do their thing or whatever. But we don't use anything. We don't use any other sauce. All of our sauce is homemade and created just like that. And it was the spur of the moment. It's like you said, it's like when everything your awesome zone meets up, it's like you can't be stopped. So that was one of those things. And that is it all just happened just like that. So wow. then you combine that with there is a need out in Waukesha to here. I'm trying to create this atmosphere. And then you have this guy who is an awesome pit master. And I'm just like, let's do it. When I introduced the thought to him, he thought I was a little crazy at the time. I mean, he was doing the recession. The housing market just crashed, like, majorly. And so I just told him, hey, I have confidence in your food. And I just feel like I would like to create this atmosphere to replicate my mom and her home. And, yeah, we just, yeah, we just took a chance. And you combine all that and nine years later. Cool, cool. Talk a little bit about that. One of the things that I always try to get to is not only how you start, which is why I named the show Enterprise now, because I think one of the things that holds people back a lot and they wait for things to be perfect. Things are never going to be perfect. So talk about just starting and talk about maintaining success because it's easier to start, Mm -hmm. but it's very difficult to have continued success. I mean, we oh, could, we could throw out those, those stat, stats on how many businesses that start that end up failing. And to be in year nine, that's, that's elite company, right? Because most businesses don't make it nine years. So what's the secret? I think it was very hard to start though. It wasn't easy by any means. I mean, I had to, just like I said, I had no background in the restaurant field. So that required a lot of research. I had to talk to people who either owned a restaurant currently or used to have a restaurant. I did a lot of research online, of course, but there were several factors that I didn't take in at first, you know, cause again, I'm just learning how to start a restaurant. One being like equipment, I had no idea what that was going to entail. Like we had this little budget, but I didn't know how much money it was really going to take. And so when these things began to come to flourishing on how much equipment was going to cost, I began to panic a little bit. I mean, I didn't tell him all the time, but I was panicking on a whole lot of occasions. But again, that's what makes you know something is supposed to happen because here I am panicking. And everything just kept working itself out by itself. 
it was effortless. Every time I think about the experience, like in depth, like I start crying again because I just could not believe how I was so not in control of what was going on at the time. From the time where I'm like, where are we going to get this equipment? I went to find bro- brothers on the east side, I mean, I mean, downtown or something. And I got a quote for all the equipment. I'm like, oh my God, we don't have that much in our budget. Where are we going to get this? I kid you not, Elsie. Next day, phone call. So yeah, I hear you guys are trying to open up a restaurant. You know, there is a barbecue place that just shut down. They were only in business for two years. And it's across Waukesha and they're having an auction. Really? Went to the auction. Here I am in my cute little skirt because I just came for work. And all these men is in this restaurant waiting to get this, you know, all the equipment and stuff. And so I'd never been to an auction, but, but that paddle was going up all the time. I'm like, and they were staring at me like, what is she about to do with all this equipment? I'm like, I want that. I want that. I mean, it was just so many obstacles that literally worked itself out. And I just can't, I mean, you can't put it on nothing but Jesus. Like that is so. Yeah, this whole entire venture was based on faith because, again, I never would have thought in my entire life that we would make the type of sacrifice that we did. It was hard at the beginning. I mean, just like Ty said, we were doing a lot of things wrong. Like we had to learn throughout the years and stuff. We had a downtime in 2013 or something where where it was that cold spell. It was freezing all the time. So we lost a lot of money that year and kept working itself out. Like the landlord was like, don't worry about it. We'll work through it. I'm like, really? (laughs) Like, it's okay. Like, we'll make a payment plan. Everybody was accommodating. Even when it came to where we was going to be located, we initially thought that we were going downtown, that we wanted to go downtown. Everything kept saying no, okay? The landlord that we dealt with, he didn't want to assist us in anything in terms of, you, you know, it was one of those triple net lease things and where you're responsible for if the roof falls in and everything. So everything just kept saying no. When it came to the venting, it was like wrong, like everything was saying no. And I'm telling you, it's just amazing how he, he, as in him in the sky, how he can direct you on where you need to be. Because just when we thought that we were supposed to be downtown, here comes another phone call. Have y'all tried to go on Sunset Drive? Came on Sunset Drive. I'm like, you know what? There is a subway that has been empty for like eight years or so. And we tracked down the landlord and then we met with the landlord and he was the complete opposite as the landlord's downtown. So here the landlord downtown didn't want to help with nothing. But this landlord is like, hey, I'll help out. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> what is going on? What do you guys need? I mean, and then for him to go out on faith here, we didn't have a chain. We just had an idea and he was totally for it. So don't even get me started. But obstacle after obstacle. And that was just the beginning of it. That was just the beginning. There have been so many other things to take place throughout the years. That is just constant confirmation. Like this restaurant is just not ours. We don't think of this restaurant as our place. This is Elsie's place. This is everybody's place. And we're just happy to bring some more happiness to somebody else. Like that's what makes me happy. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So as we um kind of wrap things up, talk a bit about keys to success. What types of things do you guys do that allow you to be successful? Well, I can tell you that we don't do everything the same, meaning that 
you know, we're always trying to be compared to somebody else, you know, to somebody else's restaurant or how they do things. We literally do it completely different. Like, you, you know, you come in here, most people are used to being able to get combos and things like that. Well, well, we don't do combos. You can create it if you want, but we specialize in our meals. Like that's our big thing. We don't put sauce on our meat. You know, some people, I mean, it took a lot of getting used to, like you have to realize it took a lot of getting used to when you're accustomed to certain things being a certain way, especially when it comes to black people. Like a lot of the people was tying us in with soul food, being a soul food restaurant. Just because we're black don't always have to make a soul food. We're not soul food. I don't have homemade black eyed peas and homemade macaroni and cheese. And we are Southern style barbecue. That's what we specialize in. We specialize in smoked meats. So it took a lot of getting used to just changing the mindset on how things are done, keeping the place like immaculate and clean. I'm very particular about that. I'm telling you, every time I go to a restaurant and I see something that's bad, I make sure, I mean, I can't help but come here and say, you know what, I'm going to make sure that we don't do this. I used to have my staff watch Kitchen Nightmares on all the things. Look at the Gordon Ramsay here, okay? This is what we're not going to do. Yeah, I just like being different and different in a good way. And I don't think that we've been so bad being different. And some people, they adjust to us and some people, they complain or something, but we can't please everybody. Like we sell out of food. Like now customers come and the ones who are accustomed to coming, you know, they know if it's seven o'clock, they about to ask what's left. (laughs) But that took some getting used to. So we're just very appreciative of all the support from the community. We're very active in the community. We work with a lot of students. I love to work with students and young people, you you know, because it's just as as important to give back as much as you can as well. So we make sure we give out. We love halls. We give to autism. Like, we, yeah, we have a lot of stuff that we love to give to. And we're just looking forward to the next phase. And it won't be another password play, so don't even think about it. (laughs) (laughs) This is it, people. This is it. (laughs) So if you have to give one piece of parting advice or encouragement to a person who might be listening to this and they're either thinking about starting a business or they have been thinking about it, what would you say to them? If it doesn't feel right, it's not right. And give yourself a time limit, you know? I think I've done that throughout my whole entire life. Like every job I've had, like if I'm not where I feel like I need to be, like in my mind, I always say three years. Like if I'm not where I need to be in three years, then it's time for me to move to the next phase. Give yourself a time limit and don't the way I define my success is by others. Like I don't, I don't define my own success. I let others do it for me. Cause again, You can say all day that you got the best food, okay? But if other people don't think so, what you say means nothing, nothing. You can say all day you're successful. You can say all day that you're the best coach and I can tell you what to do with your life and all that stuff. But if other people don't say it too, it means nothing. My success is solely defined on on what other people tell me. When I look at the reviews and see all these positive comments and wonderful things said, that's what makes me say, oh my gosh, I must be successful because these people feel like I am. 
I don't toot my own horn. I need somebody to toot it for me. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the only advice that I could say is definitely do a lot of research before you get into something. I mean, it's definitely important to write out, have a vision board, write out your goals and give yourself a time limit on how you're going to accomplish those goals. And then once you get there, I think to me, one of the most important things about uh, sustained success is being able to not be so ingrained into not being able to change. One of the best things that we ever did was listen to other people, consider what they said, take in what the good parts of what we thought that we can use and then adjust ourselves so that we didn't stay stagnant and doing the same thing. Pat's Rib Place nine years later isn't Pat's Rib Place that opened. So I think just us being able to be flexible and change, you definitely want to keep all your main standards of how you practice your business, but just change. There's a lot of things that we do now that we didn't do then that I think helped our business model and helped us to succeed going forward. I mean, there's a lot of items on the menu that we tried when we first opened that they're not on the menu anymore. So we kind of looked at what we did well, see if there was any improvement on what we did well, and then look to do something different, look to bring in some different products, and then just keep it exciting and uh, just keep a really good up-tempo flow and a, and a good mindset about you around your employees and always just keep striving. Like I said, never stay stagnant and be so predictable. Always, the people know they're going to get good food when they come here. Hopefully they know that by now they're going to get good food, but they're always surprised when they see something a little bit different. When we first started Pat's, we bought our coleslaw from a vendor and then we started making it ourselves from scratch. And that worked out to our favor. When we first started Pat's Real Place, we bought our baked beans. Now we make them from scratch. So if we didn't change those things, I don't think that we would have the continued success. If we would have just stayed with the old model and kept rolling and just got complacent, I don't think that we would have been where we are now. And I think we just adapt to change well. So that's what I think one of the keys to having a long lasting business is to be able to change on the fly. Yeah, there's a business that was right down the road here that could have Learn from that advice. Blockbuster was here a few years back and they did not adapt to change. They didn't listen to customers and they're not here anymore. So yeah, um, Netflix should never have been. I mean, really, it's a good Netflix has a great story, but Blockbuster really should have took that marketplace. They should have seen it going there. And like Mm -hmm. you said, they weren't willing to adapt and now they're closed. Yep. Yep. So guys, I'm going to wrap us up, but as you can see from the table here, I have illegible notes. I understand what they are, but this has been um, fantastic. Some of the concepts and themes that we've talked about have been helpful to me. So I know if it's helpful to me, it's going to be helpful to my listeners. So I appreciate you guys taking the time out to share with us tonight. And again, thank you for just the good food, the culture and the environment. Again, I'm a customer and a fan. So thank you guys for what you guys do. Thank you. Thank you. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.